and welcome back to Main Street Prowlers. I am your host, as always, Chris Baker. In this episode, we will look more into the past to see what the future holds for the city of Port Huron, as well as the Prowlers organization. In the last 20 years, we have seen teams come and go, and it's left a burden in the people of Port Huron's hearts. In 1996, when the Port Huron Border Cats showed up from Detroit, we believed we found our answer to the two failed teams that only lasted a season back in the 80s. They had crowds that would sell out almost every game and also a promised new arena. We saw the hockey we wanted from the 90s, and they came in the form of Brent Gretzky, Bobby McKillop, Ole the goalie, and none other than our own version of Darren McCarty, Curtis the Fist Sailor. In many aspects, they had it set with great on-ice antics, marketing, and also the player introductions were none other to the, be found at this time. But everything went sour when the new arena went unfinished for so long and the owner stopped caring about his longtime season ticket holders. The board caps eventually went dormant in 2002. That brought the Port Huron Beacons to the town who took their name from the Fort Gresher Lighthouse. The Beacons were really the only team to sell out their games when they sold out three in 2004 since the Border Cats were in existence. The team is also the only team in recent memory to give out a large quantity of tickets for free to the community. The only real flaw this team had is they were stuck in the time period where the UHL was really cracking down on injuries and fighting. We can't argue it. This town loves its fighting and antics amidst a well-played game. What kept people coming were the likes of Casey Harris and Brett Gretzky, was the occasional appearance of Walter Gretzky in Port Huron. The team was active 2002-2005 and then moved down to Virginia to become the Roanoke Valley Vipers, only lasting one more season down there. The Port Huron Flags were the next to call McMoran home. When they brought in... Um, they tried to catch the attention of the community by putting the slogan, Our Community, Our Team. And the community definitely had its attention caught at that moment. The very first game was sold to standing room only very quickly, with people's hopes set on getting back to the good old days of the original flags. That hope was killed quickly when the very first game was delayed two and a half hours and a sponsored hub being pulled during that time. It was all downhill from there, even with Stan Julia coaching them. In their second season, they could never recover from the damage of the very first game played. Stan Julia would stay in Port Huron after the flags went dormant when the UHL changed its name to the IHL, and granting Port Huron one more chance to stay professional in the league when the Ice Sox were brought in. A team would be run by the former minor leaguer for all three seasons, they were in existence. In their very first season, they were battling back and forth uh, with the Fort Wayne Comets for the first place uh, during the regular season. This is just one of the factors people fell in love with them. Uh, that and the hope of seeing the almost um, mighty goalie fight, nightly goalie fight during the season, the most memorable ones coming from Larry Sterling. This one... This season, though, the Ice Hawks made it uh, all the way to Game 7 of the Tournament Cup Finals before falling to the Comets in triple overtime. The 2008-2009 season uh, showed great promise once again, with 
uh, growing attendance and another second place finish. Sandralia even got coach of the year, but lost in the first round of the playoffs. For their final season here, they just broke or lose. They gained ground on getting more physical and didn't care much about anything else. Now, this season included the memorable game where the Flint General's goalie attacked one of our security goal guards off the ice. Somehow the Ice Hawks managed to grab third in the league after the sale approval of McMoran to the Ice Hawks. Larry Kinney um, bolted and defaulted on the sale, leaving the Ice Hawks to go dormant. The next team, the Fighting Falcons, were a very forgettable team. They were a junior team that only had six wins in their very first season. They might have come back the next season to make it to the Robertson Cup Finals. Um, they would never get more than 600 people through the doors on average. They also helped in detached hockey not really wooing the crowd. They never had any marketing for the team, and their pregame and intermission entertainment was level to none. Included in that league is that they were always walked over, forcing them to be moved to Pennsylvania for the team's fifth season so they could be travel partners for the Johnstown Tomahawks. When all is said and done, they didn't even stand a chance living in a town like Port Huron. Looking through that kind of past that Port Huron has been through, it's no wonder that people don't trust its own hockey teams. The Prowlers, though, have started gaining the trust through the successful completion of winning the championship, the first in 44 years. I say even now, if you don't think they are going to be here for a long run, go to five or ten games a season and cheer on the home team of Port Huron and see what it's all about. I believe you'll be surprised out what they are doing over there, and those special memories can be can last a lifetime for you. That's all for this episode, and until next time, stay sharp, Prowler Nation.